You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. August, a young man went out there, 19 years of age, Luke Williams went over to Singapore to do a 15-year intensive ministry training experience at Trinity Christian Center. His family are 50, what did I say? 15 years, wow, you'll be an old man when you come back. 15 months, Luke went out, thank you for that, to Trinity Christian Center in Singapore and, uh, and he's just come back to visit family, uh, literally for two weeks, flies back tomorrow uh, to Singapore. Uh, those of us who came to the catch-up evening on Tuesday, we got way more than we expected. We thought we were going to get a bit of news, what he'd been doing, and we received an impartation of faith. So yesterday, we gave Luke a call. We said, look, how about preaching tomorrow? You've got 24 hours notice. And uh, Luke had other plans for yesterday, but he said, I've made a commitment to God. If he opens the door, I'll walk through it. So hot off the press and fly him back tomorrow. But why don't you open our hearts to receive a word from God? Welcome Luke as he comes up to share the word today. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. Uh, This is quite a surreal experience, actually. Um, And before I kick off, just to say... Although it was only 24 hours ago, thank you for subbing me in. Uh, it's such an honor to share the Word of God. Um, and it's so exciting. It's surreal, I say, because I've been part of this house uh, for eight years now. Uh, eight years. And it feels like a few moments ago where I was sat where you guys are sitting now. Where these lovely, wonderful children are sat at the front right now. And I used to think as well, what is this guy going on about? What is he talking about? But as Martin has already said, you know, I just, as soon as Martin asked me yesterday, I had made this vow to God and I said, Lord, whenever there is an opportunity to witness and be your messenger to your people, I will share you, Jesus. Because I believe in a God that empowers us to speak on his behalf. I believe in a God that just works through broken, silly vessels like myself and brings a life-transforming word. Amen? Amen. And so, you know, I've been out there since last August, been out there in Singapore, been an incredible experience. You know, it all started not really back then, but kind of when I was 15 and I I made a decision that, God, I'm going to trust you completely with everything in my life. There's a verse in Matthew 6, 33, and it says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all things shall follow. And I made a commitment, God, if you're real and if that's true, then I will live to seek your kingdom and build your kingdom. And, And I'm here today to tell you that he is real and his kingdom is being built all across this, this earth. And you know, it's just been so exciting. Um, as part of my time out in Singapore last November, I got a chance to go on uh, a missions trip. And it's my first kind of real missions trip. I've kind of done a missions trip in Charlesmore before, but it's not really <laughs> a missions trip. And um, so here I was, like, prepping for my first missions trip. We were doing, singing loads of songs and getting ready to go into schools and everywhere and doing... You know, Jesus, you're my super... Do you know that one? Yes, they know it. I won't do it right now. We haven't got time. But we were prepping. And I'm just... You know, it was exciting stuff. And we flew out to Manila, capital of the Philippines. And we got another little more scary plane uh, to a, a little province called Iloilo. And then we got what's called a jipney. A jipney, which is like a bus... Uh, just without any seatbelts, and it's very small and squished and cramped. And we traveled for about two hours into a small little village. And 
in that time, we just, a lot of it was spent, like I said, in schools, but a lot of it was spent out on the streets evangelizing. So what happens? Biblical way, we get sent out in pairs, but we have a translator too. And so, you know, one morning, myself and my partner, we're just, um, we're out in the village and we go into a house and it was a lovely experience actually. Um, there was this lady, she was already a Christian, so we shared the gospel, but she'd, she'd already given her life to Christ and she kind of, she was so hospitable. She, you know, came, give us apples and coke and I was just loving life. I was like, oh, this is brilliant. I was like, I'll share the gospel forever if this is what it's like. You might think it's little things, okay, but um, we'd been on mission for a, a little while at this point. And so I go out, I'm kind of like feeling a bit happy, like this is good. I was out of the sun for a while and I step out of the house and as soon as I step out of the house with my partner and the translator, um, the pastor of the host church, he comes to me and he, he beckons, he says, Luke, Luke, Luke. He says, quick, come. He says, there's some people that need to hear the gospel. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go. We'll give this a shot. And I walk down the road, partner, translator, and um, there's about five people on the side of the road. So it's uh, 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 five people there. And by the side of the street, there's a guy smoking, looking at me angrily. And there's probably, I think, his girlfriend. And she's there with a baby, and she's breastfeeding. And I'm like, I've never really shared to an audience like this before, Pastor. You know, I, uh, there's no lights, uh, there's no keyboard, there's no air conditioning. So here I am, this sweaty white guy in the middle of the Philippines, like, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? And so we do as we're trained, and we kind of show this little uh, drama uh, with no words because it goes beyond uh, any language barrier. And so we just show uh, of how what happens when you give your heart to other things and how it can leave you broken and messy. And then we show in a kind of a cheesy way of how when you give your life and your heart to Christ, he heals the bo- brokenhearted and, and he brings you into this place of fulfillment. And then like we're done, done our job, like kind of high five my partner. I look to the pastor like, you share pastor. And he's like, Luke, you share the gospel. I'm like, oh, pastor. Okay. And so I'm like, what on earth is going on? And so I'm like, I haven't had any notes. I didn't even have 24 hours at this point. And I've got an audience of five, one of them smoking, one of them breastfeeding. I'm like, Lord, come on. But I read in God's word in Acts 1.8, it rings in my ears that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and empower you to be my witnesses. In Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And I'm like, does that include the Philippines? The Lord is like, yes, that includes the Philippines. That is still true today, church. Wherever we are, God will empower us to be his witness across the earth. And so this is in my ears, and I don't really want to hear it at this point. So I just begin to open my mouth and speak. And I begin to share the goodness of God in my life, uh, kind of a family testimony. And then I just talk about Jesus as the light of the world. John 8, I just talk about in him there is the light of life. And it's going really well. I'm like, yes, the Holy Spirit is empowering me. I'm bringing fire in this place. And I'm like, yes, you five people. But I start. And as I start, a gypney, what I arrived into the village in, it, it rocks up. A gypney with around 40 people in. And they see this sweaty white guy on the side of the road you don't often see in a village in the Philippines. And they're like, oh, this is interesting. So they get out and sit by the side of the road. And I'm like, my, my audience just went from 5 to 45. And so I just begin to share like, ah, oh, great to see you all, church. <laughs> uh, on the side of the road, the cars are going by. But the Holy Spirit is working and I feel something and I get to the end of my message and I'm like, hang on, I've just preached the gospel. This requires a response. I've seen this in church. I'm like, I'm going to hand over now to the host, Pastor Martin. No, he's not there. You know, no one's there to get my back. I'm like, what, what do I do now? And so 
I just say, you know what, I'll play it the safe way. If you've been in church a while, you know the safe way. It's like every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want to respond, just raise your hand. And I'm like, yes, this will work. And then the Lord says, no, no, this isn't how it's going to look. I just want you to say, if you want to receive Jesus, lift your hand high to heaven now. And I'm looking at the guy smoking, looking at the lady breastfeeding. I'm like, are you sure, Lord? And so I just obey God and believe that his Holy Spirit will work. And I speak this out. And we see just an incredible, I say, if you want to receive Jesus in this place, if you want to walk and step into the light, then you raise your hand high to heaven right now. And in that place of an audience of 45, over 35 people gave their life to Jesus Christ on the side of a road in the Philippines. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and so I tell that story to say, God wants to break out of our mindsets of church and where we think God can move. Because if he can empower me to speak in a foreign land, he can empower you to speak to your neighbor. He can empower you to speak to your colleague. Oh, nearly fell. <laughs> He can empower you to speak to your friends in school. In fact, he can empower you to say, yeah, I go to church, to your teacher even. And this is what it looks like, church, and this is the God that we serve. And that is, I've just been on this journey of just understanding this incredible God. Beginning to understand the attributes of the God I serve, and the more I see God moving miracles, moving power, I have just begun to ask this question of, who are you, Jesus? Who is this incredible God that I said when I was 15 that I will serve you with my life? And I have just seen how incredible he is. And, and today, you know, I want to talk about who Jesus is. I want us to grasp something, church, because I believe that it can be very special as we just begin to understand this. And, and the best way I believe for us to do this is go right to Jesus himself. Right to Jesus himself and say, what do you say about yourself, Jesus? And when we look to John's gospel, you may have heard it before, that, but there are seven I am statements. Several statements all beginning with I am. And these statements, you know, they're just an incredible little glimpse. Sometimes they're a little bit complicated, but it talks of who God is. And if we catch this today, I believe that we will see and believe in faith that God is true to his word. That God is who he says he is and will prove in our lives who he says he is. And I, I want us to catch that today. And so obviously it's a very special service and I don't want to leave you guys out because you guys are awesome, probably the best people in the room. But we're going to do something very special. Are you guys okay to help me? Is that okay? Yeah. Are you guys okay to help me? Brilliant. Okay. So what we're going to do, I'm going to have my wonderful friend AJ come up and help me right now. And like I said, there's seven I am statements and we've got some little outlines here of several pictures hidden around the room. Seven pictures hidden around the room. And your job in a moment's time, wait, hold your horses, don't jump up yet, is that you guys need to find one of these pictures, okay? We need to find all seven, but don't take as many. So if you find one of these pictures somewhere in this room, in this room only, don't head up to town because your parents will be angry, okay? Somewhere in this room, then you need to come on stage and join me on stage and we're gonna see what do these pictures mean and how does it relate to what Jesus said about himself? Is that okay? Is that okay? Okay, so after three. Wait, wait, wait. That's cheating. Okay. One. One, two. What comes after two? 
One, two, three, go! Quick as you can, as soon as you find one, join me on stage. There's only seven. Please don't fight or bite or attack. As soon as you have one, you come and join me on stage. Brilliant. Thank you. You guys just join. Make a little line here. Awesome. Hang on a minute. You guys are fast. How many have we got? Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have seven already, guys. So if you're still running around, give yourselves a round of applause. But you can join me back here at the front. Well done. You guys are so quick. Well done. Okay, so we're going to quickly go through these. Okay, well done. Okay, but you guys, what I'm going to ask you, okay, you guys on stage, I'm going to ask you your name, and then you guys tell me what you are holding in your hand. Okay, what you're holding in your hand. So I'm going to start this end first, my Mr. Marvel friend. Okay, what is your name, dude? Tommy. Tommy, what a name. And Tommy, show the audience, what are you holding? A light bulb. A light bulb. Very good. Okay, you head over to AJ and see if you can find the light bulb spot on there. Interesting. Is Jesus a light bulb? I wonder. Okay, lovely. What's your name? Tilly. Tilly. Okay, and Tilly, what have you got on your hand? Is this a lovely goat? Mm, Yeah. Oh, sorry. I led you into that one. It's not a goat. What else do you think it might be? A sheep. Very good. That was your first answer, weren't it? But Because I said goat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, this is a sheep. Okay, what does a sheep have to do with Jesus? Oh, okay, I know you know already. It's okay. Okay, awesome. You find the sheep spot on here. Okay, lovely. What is your name? Casey. Casey, awesome, Casey. And what are you holding? A grape. A grape. Is it one grape? Grapes. Grapes, plural. Very good. Okay, awesome. And what do you think? Do you know, have any idea what this could be about Jesus? Um, yes. What do you think? Because he, um, because it represents... No, it doesn't. Um, because he ate it at the final dinner. Oh, see, very clever. That's not, not what we're talking about specifically, but very good, very good. Okay, I thought she was going to take the mic and preach right there. So, okay, awesome. Okay, we're going to go this end. I'm not missing you out. I'm just going to go this end first. Okay, dude, tell us your name. Nehemia. Say it again for us. Nehemia. Awesome name. Okay, and what are you holding? A map. A map. And what do maps do? Uh, help you where to go. Very good, very good. Okay, you might be getting the gist, adults. Okay, I see. Okay, awesome. You head over to AJ and the board, and you find it spot on the puzzle. Okay, you head over this way. Come on, that way. Awesome. Great. Okay, what is your name, dude? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Very good. And Emmanuel, show us what you've got. Show the grown-ups what you have. Okay, what is this? A key. A key. Do you think Jesus is a key? No. Hmm. Exactly. Very, he's clever. Okay, some of you are thinking, yeah, Jesus is the key. Um, but you're right. You're right. Okay, so awesome. We'll find out what this image represents. Okay, so you go and put that on the board for me. Well done. Okay, what is your name? Kiana. Kiana. Awesome, Kiana. And what are you holding? A loaf of bread. A loaf of bread. Okay, this is a lovely tiger baguette from Asda. You can get them out there fresh, hot, okay, off the oven. Do you like bread? What's your favorite type of bread? White bread. White bread, okay. It's very unhealthy. Sorry, my mum don't let me eat that. 50-50 for us. Okay, <laughs> awesome. So you put that on there. Find it on there. It's not... And lovely. What is your name, sir? Last but not least. Kingsley. Kingsley. Awesome, Kingsley. And what are you holding? You've got a really special one, haven't you? Crown. 
cross. A cross. Wow. And when we think of the cross, who do we think of? Jesus. Very good. He's got all the right answers. Give him a round of applause, okay? Kingsley, do you want to pop that on here? Well done, children. Thank you for helping me out here. Awesome. Well done, Kingsley. And so today, as I said, I want to just look at a little bit of who God is and, and look at the statements, the seven statements in John's Gospel of Jesus made, these I am statements. And all of these pictures, boys and girls, and grown-ups too, these relate somehow into the statements. Each one relates to a statement. But for me to impact them, I need your help again. And, and so to do this, I'm going to say... At some point, at some points during this little talk, I'm going to say, ask the question, okay? And when I say ask the question, as soon as I say it, I need you to ask this question. When I say ask the question, you say, who are you, Jesus? Okay, very simple, right? Do you think you can do it? Okay, boys and girls, mums and dads, grown-ups, grannies, uncles, I don't know how else, okay? You're going to help me out with this, okay? So, ask the question, very good. Okay, very good. Okay, so we're going to try it one more time. Ask the question. Who are you, Jesus? Awesome. And in first response to this, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. We have our lovely bread roll here. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. What a funny statement. He says in John 6, 35, he said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And what that is saying, church, is that Jesus is our ultimate satisfaction. We might try and look for our satisfaction in the world. If you didn't know, our world is searching for something. You might not see it, but I'm here to tell you that our world is searching for something. We go outside of these walls and it might be that we look for it in academics, in prestige, in money, in what car we might have, in the clothes that we wear, in our relationship or in our spouse or even in our children, we might look and say, I'm looking for fulfillment, but it comes to the end and we, I'm not satisfied. I've got to this point and I'm not satisfied. And, and Jesus says, because bread represents in the Bible, it represents a symbol of spiritual life. People all over the world are the same. They have an inborn hunger for something and that something is Christ Jesus. That's something that they are searching for to fill that void is Christ. The hard truth is we will never find relief, acceptance, hope or significance through possessions or people. We'll find ourselves at the end of life like we've just been chasing the wind, empty-handed and exhausted. But Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. If you come to me, you will never grow hungry. If you come to me, you will never go thirsty because I know you, I am your creator, and I know your deepest desires. I know what it is to bring into your life that will bring you fulfillment, and that is me. I don't know if you've experienced it, but when you're just feeling at the end of yourself, and you come to worship God, and you come into his presence, and you're just filled. You're just filled. You meet with the living God, and you can experience that he is the bread of life, and the cup that never runs dry. Amen? Amen. And secondly, I ask the question, Again, I need you to ask the question. Very good. I thought you'd forgotten. Secondly, in response to this question, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Okay, we see the light bulb on here, and that represents this. Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. In John 8, 12, he says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
Church, we're part of a world where darkness can be king. We're part of a world where darkness reigns. If you don't know it by now, we live in a pretty dark world. And, and darkness, what does it represent? It can be, you know, n- not something quite concrete, but darkness here represents everything that the light is not, everything Jesus and his kingdom is not. Darkness represents temptations of this world. It represents the devil and his deception as he tries to lead you into the darkness because God has something fulfilling and purposeful for your life. He wants to bring the light into your life. But there's an enemy that says, come this way, follow me, because there's something more. But Jesus would say, I am the light of this world. Whoever follows me shall have the light of life. They will have their eyes open from a place of darkness and the scales shall fall off your eyes in Jesus' name and you will see the light, this glorious light. This pure and awesome light. And the, the truth is there's a massive distinction here. He, Jesus gives us two options. There's light and darkness. No in between. No in between. And the truth is if we are not following Jesus as the light, then we don't have the light of life. If we're not following Jesus as the light, the truth is we are walking in the darkness. And that can be true for some of us today. And all it is is, is saying, Jesus, I accept you as the light and I receive that into my life. And again, I need you to ask the question. Who are you, Jesus? you? Very good question. Thirdly, Jesus says, I am the gate. And see here, the key represents the gate. We see and read in John 10, 9, it says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in the gate and they will go out and they'll find pasture. A beautiful picture and in some translations, it says door. And we know that every building has a door. If you look around this auditorium, there are many, many doors. I, when I did this in the first service, I was like, there is a lot of doors in this room. There is a lot of doors. And the truth is as well, something we need to catch, the kingdom of God also has a door. And a door is an entrance into somewhere. But unlike this room, the kingdom of God only has one entrance. And you know, the, we live in a world where we say, we kind of have these funny ideas that, you know, many paths and many roads and many doors lead to God. We, we use different words, but it's all the same. But Jesus is saying, I am the gate. I am the gate. And if you want to walk into God's kingdom, if you want to enter heaven and know what it is to go into a life and life in abundance, as the word of God says, then we have to enter through that gate, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so again... I need you to ask the question. Who are you, Jesus? Jesus? That was a tired one, okay? I'm going to ask. I need you to ask the question. Who are you, Jesus? Whoa! Very good, very good. It's awesome. Fourthly, Jesus says, I am the true vine. It says in John 15, 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. Talking about us. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. The truth is when we receive Jesus, what comes upon us is the Holy Spirit. And in Galatians, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. You know, we see that when Jesus comes upon us and we accept him into our life, we receive the Holy Spirit. And what outworks in that place, when we are plugged into our source, which is Jesus, if we choose to remain in Jesus, what outflows will be natural. Because it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. He says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Not if you try and work harder in your love. If you try and work harder in your patience, then we will see the fruit. 
That is not the case. He says, if you remain in me and I in you. And that is the I am of the vine. I am the true vine. And so we can see if we remain in him, you don't need to strive to love. He gives you a supernatural power to love, whether it's your spouse or your children. You might be struggling to love today. God says, you don't have to strive. Just remain in me. Because I will remain in you. That is a given. And you will bear much fruit. If you're struggling with your joy, if you are walking in a place of depression, God says, remain in me and I will bring you joy. In Psalm 16, it says there is fullness of joy in his presence. What an incredible word. I seized hold of that. I, was, what, I walked through a pretty dark time in my first month in Singapore. I was like, I hate this. I hate Asia. I hate rice. I hate everything. And God, I came into his presence. And I just read this word and, and what was despair was replaced with joy. What was going through heartbreak was replaced with joy because he is the vine. And I am a branch and I chose to remain in him in that time. And, and he gave me that because that is a fruit of his spirit. And we can live like this with the help of the Holy Spirit. He is a life source and a bringer and bearer of all good fruit. So again, I need you to ask the question. Very good. Those at the back too, you still need to ask the question. Okay, keep going. Fifthly, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. In John ten eleven, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Here, Jesus presents himself as protector and provider. You know, I, I love that picture um, of the shepherd watching over his flock. And there's a beautiful story in Luke, in the Gospel of Luke. And it comes just before the prodigal son, which is a brilliant story. But in that story, there's a shepherd and he's got a, a, sh- a flock of a hundred and 99 of them are there, but one goes missing. And, and for the sake of that one, he goes and he searches until it's found. And Jesus would say to you today, I see you. I see you as an individual and I am after you as an individual. I love you and I went to that cross because the good shepherd lays his life down for his sheep, not just for all of them, but for you. You think, oh, it's okay for you, Luke. Okay, the good shepherd lays his life down for you or for Martin or for Esther, but no, for everyone in this room, from the youngest to the oldest, the good shepherd laid down his life for you. That is the I am of the good shepherd. That is an incredible truth that we need to catch today. And again, I need you to ask the question. Who are you, Jesus? Jesus? I love someone's proper loud up here. You're a preacher one day, sir. Sixthly, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. John 11, 25, 26 says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then at the end he says, do you believe this? I pose this to you today. Do you believe this? Because when we believe it, you know, it's quite a self-explanatory verse, but it's a kingdom value. So it it flips what we know on our head. It's like when when we die to ourselves, we live. But that's the truth. When we come to the I am that is the resurrection, our lives are now hidden in Christ. God looks at us and he sees Jesus Christ, his beautiful son, as white as snow, because as the I am of the resurrection as life, when we enter into relationship with him, we come into this life. We come into this place where Jesus said, as he cried out on the cross, it is finished, because what had taken place was that the blood of the lamb was slain. The blood of the lamb was slain, and in that place, our sins are covered. We can take victory over sin today. 
We can take victory over death because death has lost its sting because Jesus is the great I am. He is the resurrection and the life. I don't know if I'm the only one excited about that in this room, but Jesus is a resurrection and the life in this place. Hallelujah. And for the final time, I need you to ask the question. Who are you, Jesus? Jesus? In the seventh and final I am, Jesus said, probably the most famous I am, he says in John 14, 6, I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I love this because it's a beautiful kind of summary uh, in these three little profound statements of who Jesus is, who he can be in our lives. And, and, And context to this is that on the last night before his betrayal and death, Jesus was preparing his disciples for the days ahead. For over three years, these men have been following Jesus, learning from his teaching, and they've been walking with him. They're like, wow. And they placed their hopes in Jesus as the Messiah. And they knew that a life was coming. They'd heard of a kingdom that was coming. And they were like, how does this look? And Jesus is telling them that something's going to happen. And, and this is awful. And they're like, well, Jesus, what are you saying? What is this going to look like? How is this going to work? And they look to Jesus for comfort. In fact, if you look in the NRV Bible, the, the, the title of this little bit is, Jesus comforts the disciples. And what does he comfort them with? He comforts them with an answer to a question they're not even asking. You know, Thomas, one of the disciples, he said, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus responds with, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And sometimes we're like, what does it look like? How is this going to look, Lord? How is this going to look? And Jesus He comes with this and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because when we catch this, when the disciples can catch this, they will walk in the reality that God is so true to his word. He is the way in which they will follow. The world is full of lies, but there is one truth. That Jesus is alive today and he is after your heart. He wants relationship with you. He is so desperately seeking after you today. And that's what gets me excited. That's what gets me up in the morning, boys and girls. If you take one thing away today, just know that Jesus loves you so, so much. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. And as you go through school, people will tell you one thing and another, and they'll try and pull you in this direction, and you'll see something on TV, and it will say one thing. But just know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that is what I want us to catch today. And as I invite the band up as I draw to a close, I want to explain why... Have I been repeatedly asking this question of who are you, Jesus? I I wanted us to ask this question because if we come with this posture where we say, who are you, Jesus? Not with a, a tone of cynicism, but genuinely saying, who are you, Jesus? Then there is always an answer. God's word is full of not only I am statements, but of revelation of who God is. And this isn't revelation for the sake of it, but as we read it, we can understand not only who God is, but who we are. Who we are called to be a royal priesthood, a chosen and holy set apart people. And this just gets me excited because as I read of who my God is, I begin to understand my creator and how he's created me to live, to be, to walk, to disciple. I just, you see and have a different perspective. But instead, instead of asking this question humbly before God's throne of who are you, Jesus? He has no chance to reply 
Because instead we sit here today and we say, I hear this, but I'm not enough. I hear this, I cannot do this. This circumstance is beyond me. Instead of asking the question of who are you, Jesus, we ask, what is this going to look like? How am I going to walk through this situation? God, how am I going to raise this child on my own? God, how am I going to do this? I hear these words, but they don't know what I'm going through. How, how, how does this look? Lord, I've pledged this money in Vision 80, but what does this look like? How are you going to come through for me, Lord? How is this going to happen? Lord, I'm trusting you with my life and in my studies, but what does this look like? How am I going to walk this life? Lord, why am I going through this situation right now? Why am I walking this journey where there is trial and suffering? And these are okay questions. They're okay to ask and we all ask them. But instead of asking that question today, instead of asking the who, no, instead of asking the what, the why, the how it's going to happen, we need to ask the question of who. In the midst of this, in the midst of whatever situation you are going through, if you ask Who are you, Jesus, in this? Who are you in this, God? God will come to you and say, My child, I am your father. My child, I am your good shepherd. I am the true vine. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Child, I am the gate. I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you come to him and say, Who, God? Instead of what? Instead of how? Instead of why? Then we will see our circumstance in a totally different way. In a totally different way. And it just fills me with joy to know this because you might be sat here asking that. You might be have so many questions. But today God wants faith to arise in this place. Faith to arise. And a people to say, I might not know what it all looks like. I might not know why or how. But I put my trust in you today, God. Because church, your breakthrough does not stand on the other side of fully understanding why or how or what. It starts by acknowledging, receiving, and believing God for who He truly is. For who He truly is. Because that's when breakthrough happens. That's when the peace of God settles in your heart. Because you say, I trust you, God. You are my shepherd. You are my good shepherd. I trust you, God, because you're my father that sent His one and only son to lay His life down for me that I might have life. And today I want us to respond to that message of, of truth. And all across this place, I could just invite you to stand. And we're going to enter a time of of, of worship in a second. But before we do that, God's word demands a response. And for some of you, this will be resonating so deeply in your heart. Not because of the words of man, but God is speaking right into your situation. And today, you're just going to say, by faith, I'm going to acknowledge who you are, God. In the midst of this trial, I will stop asking the what, the how, the why. Although God will want to answer that, but he will say, God, who are you today? And God will answer you. And just come and bring his embrace into your life. So all is cross this place. So just, if that word is for you, every eye closed, just begin to raise your hands to heaven and just begin to speak that God, I speak in faith all across this place right now. Hallelujah. That you just speak of who God is in your life. You speak out in faith. It might not look like it. Your circumstance might not dictate it, but you say, I'm not going to live a life based on circumstance or emotion or feeling. But God, I am asking who you are today. And Lord, I believe and speak in faith. You are the good shepherd. Just begin to speak these statements out all across this place. All across this place. We thank you, God, that you are the good shepherd. Lord, I thank you that you lay your life down for your sheep. 
I thank you that you are a refuge and a rock and our salvation, Father. We thank you that you are an awesome God. Holy Spirit, just come and speak to every heart. Lord, breathe your life into every situation. I pray for divine revelation in the name of Jesus of who you are, Lord Jesus, and what you can be in every life. I speak to every heart that didn't even know that Jesus, Lord, you are any of these things. And I pray, Lord, may the scales fall from their eyes right now in the name of Jesus. I just pray for every heart, Lord, that they might know you as God and they might confess you are the great I am. And we pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.